The biggest international festival for the business of podcasting is back. The Podcast Show London will bring together thousands of podcast creators under one roof on the 22nd and 23rd of May. Also featuring major industry players, global brands and some of the most iconic voices in podcasting. Plus creator meetups, networking and an evening festival of unmissable live shows. Passes from £89. Book yours now at thepodcastshowlondon.com. respected and critically acclaimed bands. He's thrilled music lovers across the planet for a quarter of a century. Now Philip Selwy of Radiohead has turned his hands to film scores taking charge of the music for Polly Steele's debut feature, Let Me Go. Based on the memoir of Helga Schneider, Let Me Go tells the story of a woman who discovers her mother had strong ties with the Nazis many years after she was abandoned by her as a child. It features four incredibly strong and well-drawn female characters, which inspired Philip's compositions in all sorts of fascinating ways. I'm Edith Bowman, and you're listening to Soundtracking, a podcast about screen music that has, we're very proud to say, just been nominated for four British Radio Academy Awards. Thank you. Now, Philip is the first of our guests who spends most of his time being a rock star, albeit a particularly humble and unassuming one. As such, we'll not only explore the specifics of his score for Let Me Go, but also the different creative challenges it posed to those he encounters in his day job. And that's kind of where we began, or at least very quickly arrived, accompanied by examples of his cues from the film. Philip, welcome to Soundtracking. This is exciting because this is a new thing for you, or is it? Very much a new thing for me, actually. <laughs> yeah, this uh, was my first soundtrack. You know, we've done stuff in, in the band. Yeah. But actually getting completely stuck into a project, more or less from its earlier incarnations. Yeah. So, it, yeah, it's been incredible. It's be, been a huge learning curve to do it. And yeah. it's been an amazing story to tell. The film's called Let Me Go, and it's the story of Helga Schneider. That's right, yeah. I mean, I don't want to say anything about the story of the film because... Mm. You need to see it unfold in front of you, her incredible life story and relationship with her child, her granddaughter, her mother, and this wonderful story that unfolds of these four women. At which point were you brought in? So, Polly Steele, who's directed the film, and Lizzie Pickering, um, the producer of the film, they got to the point, uh, Polly had been working on the screenplay for a long time, and had been talking with Helga Schneider herself, and had a blessing on telling the story. And so Polly and Lizzie were at that point where they were, they wanted to go out and then start looking for the finance. Yeah. And they didn't want to go down traditional routes for film finance. So that was it. There was the screenplay and I read that. <laughs> it was a stunning screenplay. Yeah. And it felt like an important story to tell mm. as well. 
So, yes, I came on board at that point. And initially, my role in it was more as kind of like musical curator. I didn't know what would happen in terms of, you know, scheduling around the band and everything. And I hadn't done a film soundtrack. So, (laughs) you know, that felt like a comfortable point to come into it. But we kind of, those initial conversations with Polly, where we were just kind of laying out the parameters of what would work musically. And, you know, I was making suggestions of pieces of music that I felt would fit around it um, nicely. So from that, I got a sense of what would work around the story, around Polly's directorial style as well. Yeah. Yes, she's done an incredible job. And just so much space in there as well. You know, there's space and silence in there, but mm. kind of that's all really potent space and silence as well. And the music is just beautifully crafted and woven into the film. And, Thank and, you very much. And, and it's <laughs> like, what's quite unique about it is because a lot of the time you have score and then you have needle drops, as people call them. Mm. And you've almost amalgamated both of those because you've got traditional score in there well I say traditional score which is traditionally instrumental but then you've written songs yeah. for it as well which is wonderful because then there's a, a thread through it yes, all yes true yeah I mean we sat down and those initial conversations and particularly when we kind of moved on to saying could you score it and just saying yeah we can do all of this it'd be great <laughs> and then you sit down and think oh <laughs> but it worked out you know yeah, and <laughs>
it terrifying to kind of start again, so to speak, then? You know, when you've been in Radiohead for a number of years, mm. uh, but also, you know, released your own solo material and yeah. stuff, but then to kind of step into a new world and to start again almost. Does it feel like that? Is it terrifying? Is it exciting? What's it? All of the above, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was so lucky working with Polly and Lizzie, you know. This was Polly's first feature as well. But they've just been very generous-spirited people to work with. Everybody's who's come on board has really bought into the story. It, it's really affected them. It's been full of people who've done it with really good intentions behind it. A, a huge amount of talent in there, but actually people who've, as I say, just really connected with the story and feel that it is, it is an important story to tell. So I think, you know, I've been very lucky working in that context for, for a first soundtrack. Where did you start when you were starting to think about how it would sound and what the instrumentation would be? So the first place was to do like a mixtape for Polly of things, artists, styles of music which I thought might work around. I mean, one of our first conversations, she was talking about where she came from uh, with film, you know, and she was very much influenced by kind of European films where mm -hmm. it's all about the emotional journey rather than the cutting to the chase. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. And so, you know, there's a lot of space in that. And so there's a piece uh, by Max Richter called Infra, which he did for dance uh, with Wayne McGregor. And it was an amazing bit of choreography, an am amazing piece of music. There's something about that. I took something from that, just thought, ah, no, that, that's in the right place. So I put together a selection of music around that and Agnes Obel, Melanie de Biasio as well. Beautiful. Yeah. What's that look upon your face? 
record collection there. Well, <laughs> <laughs> Agnes um, is wonderful. Isn't she just? Yeah, I yeah. mean live as well, you're kind of transported yeah. to, to a different world really, there's something just quite special about her as an artist I think. Oh, couldn't agree more. Mm, and yeah. so, yeah, so very, oh, as you see, very good, good reference points to Yeah, have. really great. And so from there, you know, I had the, the screenplay and I was really able to immerse myself in that and the characters, became very attached to the characters. And I was really struck by the four very strong lead characters, four strong female lead characters mm. as well, which you don't come across very often yeah. either. Uh, and so that, for me, musically led me down the route of thinking, OK, that's a quartet. It's it actually as a performance between those characters, that's a quartet. Um, and there's there's a warmth in what Polly uh, was putting together as mm. well, and I felt that warmth was in the strings. So that felt like a good place to be. That's a lovely connection to make with it and to think about it like that. Ah. Kind of unite in those yes. characters. Yeah, and also left a lot of space to play with in there musically yeah. as well.
and then other instruments as well which I thought would sit well notably the musical saw which is played by a musician friend of mine who've done a lot of work with called Quinta and she's an amazing musician I love that whole thing of actually as an instrument as kind of what it represents you know something there it's very practical very jagged but actually it's repurposed to something that's beautifully musical and it's just because kind of otherworldly sound to it so you have those elements and then themes started to come together I remember we were recording at the time, the last Radiohead studio album. Moonshape um, Pool. That's the one. And, um, and so we were... Just in were... case you'd forgotten. <laughs> <laughs> and so we'd gone away to record, and as is the case in our, our sessions, they don't tend to get going till after lunchtime, if we're lucky. Uh, so I kind of had the mornings there. And so I was just starting to play around with ideas, and... That coincided with finding out that Juliet Stevenson was going to play Helga Schneider in the film. And then suddenly there's a theme, it's called Helga's theme, and that kind of fell into place around that. interesting that when real people become attached to it it can fuel the creativity because you can then visualize that performance mm. really can't you then absolutely and particularly for Juliet because immediately I thought of truly madly deeply of, of course that musical thread that ran through there yeah. and again that put me in a musical space I think <laughs> but being able to visualize what that person would bring to that role and with each subsequent person who was cast and it's just like oh okay that takes in a particular way You know, the production actually started, the filming started, and to see the cinematography in it, which is um, Michael Wood, just incredible, just so beautifully shot. Yeah. And then there's the production design around it, um, uh, Alexandra Walker, 
all of those things, you know, you just see this world start to flesh out. And I think, you know, you kind of respond to all of that as you're going along as well. When it comes to writing the lyrics for the pieces that are more songs than score in the film, mm. was that easy to do? No. <laughs> <laughs> no, I have one memory of, of about two o'clock in the morning down in my sitting room, just because we had to get the song together. There's a song that Lou Rhodes sings in the nightclub scene. And it was the first time that I'd written anything for anybody else to sing and also to work within the context of somebody else's creative vision in there as well. And I remember just being sat down at two o'clock in the morning and going, I can't do it. <laughs> and my wife came and just, of course you can. Breathe. Just <laughs> simplify things. <laughs> Will you watch That in itself, you know, I was talking earlier on about it being a steep learning curve. That's another one. Yeah. Writing for somebody else, writing within the parameters of another story. So I think rather than key into the broader, darker themes of the film, lyrically I wanted to just key into the relationships in there. And so I was trying to write these lyrics which would... Some of them were specific to some characters, but actually wanted to do something that would apply to all the characters mm. in there.
switching from one to the other when you say you know you were working on stuff in the morning before you started getting to the mm. session of moon shaped pool was it easy to flip between the two i've found it easier to do that i mean when i first started doing my solo material i'd need to go away and do one yeah. and then come back and do the other but i think that solo voice is probably fairly well established in me now so i can go back and forth between the two and they do feed into each other as yeah. well yeah and needs must as well when you've got a deadline <laughs> coming up yeah. it's like, okay i've got the time gotta do it did you uh, i mean obviously there's a there's a wealth of experience within the band in terms of soundtracks with the incredible work that johnny's done did mm. you did you have discussions about it did you speak to him about it at all or oddly enough no 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 i spoke with adam ilhan who uh, i've worked with a lot we've written together and he's produced my stuff as well. He's such a great composer and we had that relationship there and he was brilliant you know he talked me down <laughs> just break it down into small steps <laughs> he talked me through it all and that was brilliant that was so so helpful yeah but johnny i mean he's done amazing soundtracks and tom is doing a soundtrack as well so we're kind of all, all around there i think we kind of look over each other's shoulders maybe well i'm not sure if they look over mine but but you know so you're in the best position to look over their shoulders yeah, the entire time so you're absolutely. Fine. <laughs> but it's wonderful isn't it that this band can also create this wonderful world of all these individual members going off to do soundtracks as well yeah i you know it's credit to everybody in, in the band really that mm. we can give each other that space to do that and, and the support. It's funny, I had the absolute pleasure of having some time with Denis Villeneuve talking about the new Blade Runner film and also his previous stuff like Arrival and Prisoners and stuff. Oh, my word. 
and he is a massive Radiohead fan. Really? Yeah. Oh, sorry, I just sat here thinking that's a bit of a hard act to follow, actually. <laughs> not at all, not at all. He, when you look back on his earlier films, there's always Radiohead tracks in his film. He's a proper... He says he's got tunnel vision when it comes to music and the band that he will always use as a support and an encourager is Radiohead. Wow. Um, so it was lovely to hear him talk about your band like that. He used to track Codex in Prisoners, for example. I mean, if we spent the next little while talking about all the films that Radiohead have featured in, mm. we'd be here till next week because mm. your music has featured in so many films. Do you guys get asked about that? Are you involved in that decision about what you say yes to and what you give green light to or not? Yeah, a lot of it. Some things, you know, I think they're no-brainers. Yeah, yeah, of course. <laughs> um, and they will happen. But yes, I think kind of on key things, we, we will always be asked. What's behind the decision for you? Is it you like the script, you like the team, you like the director, or is it a combination of things? combination of all of those, yeah. really. But, I mean, it's always incredibly flattering, isn't it, when somebody wants to, to use your music. And, yeah. you know, and you, you're just very aware that for anybody making, making a film, doing anything like that, they pour themselves into it. And so yeah, I think you're very conscious of, you know, if they want to use your music in that context, you, you kind of, there's a responsibility on your part to think about it seriously. Yeah. For you as a film fan, are there scores or pieces of music that have been used in film that you really remember or you think about whenever you think about soundtracks and films? One of the first ones that really became aware of I mean you know there's stuff when you're a kid I mean it's kind of like all the John Williams stuff yeah Ennio Morricone and Leila Schifrin yeah you know John Barry as well but I think the first one where I was really aware of it of somebody coming from a different musical world and then going to do a soundtrack was for the film Cal which was going back 30 years now yeah. I think yeah something like that and Mark Knopfler yes did this beautiful beautiful soundtrack for it. And as I've harboured an ambition to write a soundtrack, that one's played in my head. And I says, well, how did he go about it? <laughs> yeah. And Because, you know, he brought very much his own musical voice to it. 
and that was an incredible soundtrack actually yeah there was a sweetness about it that it's just just keyed into the kind of the the, the emotional journey in there which was very bittersweet in there And also not the obvious thing for a filmmaker or person for a filmmaker to use, you know, not going down that route of using a film composer, yeah. but using a musician. Yeah. Which I think can sometimes result in the most brilliant interpretation of the work. Mm. Uh, yes. The characters of the narrative of, you know, their vision, because it is that collaboration element, isn't it? Absolutely. And I think where you find, I mean, again, that's where I've been, felt very lucky working with Polly, because I think felt it has been a very collaborative process mm. you know when we've been in the same room at the same time talking about where things could go you know you always want feel it's a good sign when you kind of go into those and you come away with a lot of ideas and actually you both go yes 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 <laughs> uh, and so that was a very fruitful relationship Is it a completely different experience to working on a solo record or a record with your band? Yes. Well, the actual recording sessions, no, that was all very recognisable. Mm. Very lucky to get to work with people I've worked with before my solo stuff. So Quinta yeah. and with the quartet as well. And Laura Moody, who's a cellist in the quartet. And we worked together on string arrangements as well. But working in the context of a wider endeavour, drawing on all these disciplines and working towards other people's deadlines and bringing your own voice but finding how that slots in with all of that. Yeah, that's a very different way of working. You mentioned the string arrangements and there's a great piece after Helga's first visit where she's got a neck in a minibar whiskey, which is just a beautiful piece. Were you writing to specific scenes and moments? Did you know where the music was going to be placed? Or are you just writing themes and things? How specific was it? A mixture of both. Mm. Initially, I was writing themes. That piece that you're talking about is called Zakopane, and I wrote that originally.
it's one of those pieces that happened. It didn't start out as being specific to anything. Yeah. But as I was writing, I thought, oh, this would be great. Great opening title, this one. <laughs> and it kind of didn't ultimately work there. But then, you know, actually finding that kind of serendipity between placing stuff mm-hmm. where you don't know if it's going to work, but suddenly seeing that it brings a whole other richness to yeah. that scene. So it was a mixture uh, of writing themes and writing complete pieces. But then towards the end of the process and towards the end of the editing, there were particular cues which needed to be scored for. Yeah. So yes, those were the ones which I sat down to picture and played along. <laughs> and is it as kind of specific as saying, we need a piece of music that's 30 seconds long? Yes, and you do something that's 30 seconds long and then go back, you know, that, that process of playing it to Polly and Polly saying, very good, but... <laughs> oh, <laughs> and yeah. um, Head down, skulking out the door. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and so, you know, that conversation going back and forth and finding... But, I mean, that conversation's vital to finding what, what actually works for everybody in, in that scene and what will bring the best out in that scene. I would love to watch the film with the score played live. Oh. Would that be a possibility? Well, it would be lovely. (laughs) (laughs) Would you like that? Would you like to do that? Yeah, I'd love to do that, I think. It would be a fair bit of work, but it would be fantastic. (laughs) I know when, uh, with Johnny, when he's done it for um, There Will Be Blood, that's been an amazing experience. Yeah. Um, So, yes. Set you a challenge now. Absolutely. (laughs) Do you want to do more? Have you enjoyed this experience more that you want to get into it more? I have, yeah. I'm actually, I've just started on another one just now. Yes. So, uh, and one of the lovely things that came out of some of the initial screenings of the film is a company called Airedale, who represent film composers and music supervisors, and they asked if they could represent me, and so they are. And so, I've got a proper grown-up job, Edith. (laughs) got an agent yeah. <laughs> oh that's fantastic oh that's wonderful yes can you tell us anything about the next project or not i'm not sure okay. if i can yet okay please come back and talk to us about it when you can <laughs>
Uh, listen, congratulations. Let me go is wonderful, and it just, it really, I think it cries out for that opportunity for you to play that score live to people when they watch the film because it's a really intrinsic part to the story, I think, as well, and the levels of emotion and characters as well. Fantastic. Noted. <laughs> Thank you so much, Phil. Cheers. Thank you, Aid. rounding off this latest episode of Soundtracking. My huge thanks to Philip for taking the time to talk to us. Let Me Go is out now with the accompanying album released via Bella Union and will no doubt be the first of many film projects for Philip. You can find a full track list for the show via edithbowman.com which is also the place to subscribe to this podcast and catch up with all of our previous episodes. You can follow us on Facebook, Instagram and Twitter. We are at Soundtracking UK and do tell everyone you know about us if you do like what you hear. Next week, we have writer, director, producer who has brought us the likes of Private Benjamin, Father of the Bride, What Women Want and many, many more. The one and only Nancy Myers. I very much look forward to the pleasure of your company then. International Festival for the Business of Podcasting is back. The Podcast Show London will bring together thousands of podcast creators under one roof on the 22nd and 23rd of May. Also featuring major industry players, global brands and some of the most iconic voices in podcasting. Plus creator meetups, networking and an evening festival of unmissable live shows. Passes from £89. Book yours now at thepodcastshowlondon.com. <laughs> <laughs>